Welcome, one and all, to Sound of Play 20. That's right, the 20th of these things. We've, uh, we've just heard our first track. That was Leaving Earth by Sasha Dekisian and Chris Velasco from Mass Effect 3, which you can play on the PC, 360, PS3, and Wii U. And that was from 2012 and requested by one of our forum members, Fieldy. And remember, you can go over to canonrinse.com slash forum and find a Sound of Play topic and request your own songs to be played on Sound of Play in future episodes. Fieldy had to say about Leaving Earth. So, I'd like to submit the track, Leave Earth, from the Mass Effect 3. Composed by Sasha Dekisian and Chris Velasco, this track is moving and haunting. Put in context with the scene from the game, it's even more powerful, with Shepard watching on helplessly as a reaper shoots down two evacuation shuttles carrying women and children. The music sets the game up superbly. Yeah, I agree with that. That has always been one of my favorite tracks from that game, and I believe it was uh, riffing on a motif that's been running throughout the series, although I could be wrong on that. It all kind of blurs together for me, that whole Mass Effect series, but yeah, stunning track, that one. Anyways, with Sound of Play, we bring you an eclectic fortnightly compilation mix of some of our and your, as we've heard, favorite pieces from the mini video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the years. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 20 are Jay Taylor. Hello. And CJ Black. Howdy. That's right, friend of the show, another guest, and uh, we're always very happy to have you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> what, what have you been up to lately? Anything, uh, anything big on your horizon, CJ? Um, mainly uh, we, we had a, um, a big series of E3 podcasts featuring lots of people from the Cane and Rinse stable. Hmm. Not that I'm calling you all horses, but you are fine, <laughs> fine horses. And uh, yeah, so it's that kind of stuff generally. Uh, still playing Scholar of the First Sin rather a lot and hmm. falling in love with it evermore. Prior to the Cane and Rinse episode of Dark Souls 2. That's right. It's coming, coming up pretty quick here. We'll get to <laughs> talk with, with you and a, a full stable, as you would put it, of Cane and Rincers on the I, Dark I, Souls 2 Cane and Rinse I issue. I do a horse impression, but it could, could be mistaken for Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit in a perfect horse impression. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's hop on over to our second little uh, little track of music here. We have one from Jay. Well, my first track um, is from a game I haven't played uh, from 2010, and the game is Elo Milo. I love this music. The soundtrack by um, Daniel Olson um, is really good, and it's almost got this really kind of um, lo-fi uh aspect to it where he's kind of thrown a lot of it's all it all sounds like real instruments and a lot of it's like uh you know recorders it all feels very school like if you know like a school mm, band yeah. thing and it's it's got this real kind of thrown together feel to it but it's really and i don't really like using this word but it's really cute <laughs> in that it reminds me a lot of there's almost a bit of a nostalgia trip to it when i'm listening to it in that it reminds me a lot of um, like children's television shows from the 70s. Hmm. So you've got a lot of this kind of, you know, um, Campbellwick Green or, or you know... Um, God, what was taking the, me back. Oh, uh, yeah, what was the other one? Um, Trumpton? Chigley. Yeah, Chigley as yeah, well. Yeah. It, it reminds me a bit of those kind of um, themes to these... I mean, Ryan's scratching his head there thinking, what the <laughs> hell are these things? That, what are these strange shows they're talking about? Trust me, if I send you a YouTube link, you will not... You're, you, you know, you won't change that opinion in terms of like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but yeah, this soundtrack um, brought back a lot of those kind of memories to it. It's just, there's something about it. It's almost like there's a, like almost a clockworky theme to it. You know, it's just like this little chimes and bells and stuff that are thrown into this sort of this music. And, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It is, it is what it is. I haven't got a clue about the game. I'm afraid. I don't know if it's really good or really bad, but you know, based on the soundtrack, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm tempted to find out anyway.
right, lovely stuff there. That's uh, that is a very infectious track. Uh, let's uh, move on over to our our guest CJ. What did you bring to the table today? I'm much like Jay. This this is from a game that I've not played at all. Um, I want to search out new soundtracks for the purpose of writing, um, and this song in particular just gave me the shivers. Uh, the original, I believe, was featured on Sound of Play Seven, and it's originally by Kaichu Akabe, and and including. I'm, these are these are some uh, pronunciations here, so forgive me if these are all wrong. So Kakuru Ishihama and Kiego Hoashi, <laughs> I can't say this Hoashi and Takafumi Nishimura from Kavia. Uh, this new version is by Sasakure UK, who I believe work on a lot of the Hatsune Miku Vocaloid stuff. Mm. Um, it's from the Near Tribute album Echo, and uh, it's Song of the Ancients Devola. Song of the Ancients, Popola, and it's just there's the there's the wonderful feel of the original, but there's this just push and pull of uh, of musicianship that's almost like um, like ice skates on ice and 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 records scratching and pulling all over the place, and it's just it's just a joy to uh, to sort of stick my head into that bubble and and just watch it exist around me. So uh, yeah, please enjoy.
yet another track from Near. I, I do remember the moment that I heard that song in the original game. It was uh, very striking, and this remix does not let it down at all. It's a lovely track from a lovely game that we have uh, recorded a podcast about on Canon Rinse, the main feed, and that is Canon Rinse number 111. If you want to look for that one, if you are curious about Near, or if you're simply curious about that Near sequel that was announced at E3 and you're wondering, you know, what is this series all about? That's not a bad place to start. So, Kane and Rinse 111. All right, my first track this week is from uh, Sonic Generations, which was, um, you know, the Sonic games as of probably the Dreamcast generation on, or even the Saturn generation on, have been very, very hit or miss. Uh, you know, that's, that's probably being very polite. It includes some wonderful games and a couple that are probably, like, arguably some of the worst games that have ever been made by anyone anywhere. But the... Sonic Generations, I think, was a real return to form, which is nice because everybody's always hoping that the next Sonic game is going to be that return to form. And uh, this is one that I think actually lived up to Sonic's legacy. And they do a really nice thing where they take levels from many of Sonic's uh, you know, various adventures throughout the years and remix them as both kind of modern 3D Sonic games and as those classic 2D Sonic games. And, you know, if you have love for classic or modern Sonic, this game is definitely worth tracking down. I had a lot of fun with it, and they uh, put a lot of love into the uh, into the aesthetics of each level, into the way that the various play styles work, and into the music. It has a, a wonderful soundtrack of some great remixes of, of songs from the past. And the one that I picked out is called Rooftop Run Act 1, from the rooftop run level, which was originally from Sonic Unleashed. This was um, composed by Tomoya Otani. And um, it was such a well-composed piece that they uh, that they used it in the new Super Smash Bros. game for the Wii U. And I was, I was very happy when I saw it in there because it was a track that I loved a lot on Generations. And then seeing it on the Smash Bros. soundtrack kind of gave me that verification that, you know what, I do have good taste in Sonic music. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> That's right. Vilified. That's uh, good. Um, yeah, this, this has some lovely, uh, a really kind of like fast-paced and energetic piano that's uh, very infectious and just, you know, it makes you want to get up and dance to it. And then the the lead part, which I think has some mix of guitars and violins and all sorts of crazy instruments that kind of just feel like Sonic running up and down these hills and over these gaps. And it just maintains a really nice momentum throughout and a lot of energy, um, but still a really like lovely and clear instrumentation. About three quarters of the way through, it goes into kind of like a super speed um, mix. It, the, uh, it's the tempo picks up quite a bit, which I don't really like. Uh, I don't really agree with that choice. I think it kind of throws off the aesthetic of the song, but after that, it reverts back to how it was before, and so I, I tend to just kind of ignore that little bit, but I think that it's a, a wonderful track, and I think you will all like it as well.
that is Rooftop Run, Act 1. Now we have another track from the forum. This is Quench Design, who says, I thought the music in Deus Ex Human Revolution was brilliant, just brutally thick and atmospheric. This track encapsulates the gravitas they were going for. The ending does not. I think he's referring to the ending of the game, not necessarily the ending of the song, although I don't know. Maybe uh, he wasn't happy with the way that it faded out at the end. Um, But this song is Icarus, the main theme by Michael McCann from Deus Ex Human Revolution. This is the song that plays over the title screen, and it's, uh, it's very iconic and recognizable, and I've always loved it a lot as well, so I was very happy to have him request it. We have recorded an episode about Deus Ex Human Revolution on Kane and Rinse, and that is issue 11, right back at the very beginning there. Um, so seek that out if you want to hear more music from Deus Ex Human Revolution, or if you just uh, are curious about the game. It has been released on virtually every platform, the PC, Mac, PS3, Xbox 360, on live, and Wii U. So surely you can play it on something. But anyways, here is the, the main theme, Icarus. I'm Michael McCann. Thank you very much, Quench Design. 
right, let's hop on back over to Jay. What else are you bringing us today? So my next track is, I guess you could say, it's a, a, a somewhat divisive game that came out earlier this year, and it's The Order, 1886. The soundtrack's by Jason Graves, who is predominantly, a, it seems based on his Wikipedia, all he does is game soundtracks. At the last count, he's got 55 games under his belt for soundtrack God. scores. Yeah, Everything from notable, Dead Space. The name definitely sounds familiar. Yeah, I remember him. Well, he is. Uh, Dead Space is probably mm. one of his more sort of well-known tracks. I mean, amongst many others. But I think but, Tomb Raider was mm. the, the recent reboot as yeah, well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the recent reboot as well. So, the, the, you know, irrespective of how the game was received, I mean, all I can say, having never actually sat and played it yet, and I say yet because it is on my list of games I wish to play. Um, I know that I've spent about f- between 15 and 20 hours watching people play it via the PlayStation Live feature on the mm-hmm. PS4. And I've actually found it really interesting. I mean, I think the game is interesting in itself. Um, the aesthetic, you know, the kind of post, the sort of steampunk Victorian era London that it's set in, I think was really very incredibly realized and the design work that's gone into it of performance capture voice acting all that sort of stuff is really of a standard you know it's not it's well each to their own but i actually found it quite diverting and i ended up spending a lot of time watching people play it but the score is really impressive i mean it is a full-on orchestral piece of music it's at a complete contrast to the elo milo score because it's like you know (laughs) this doesn't bring back memories of um childhood (laughs) tv shows or anything if it did i'd probably be um seeking some you know psychiatric help at this point (laughs) i would have thought but but um you know it's got a very kind of dark ominous heavy duty score to it and of which i actually really like i mean i think it's it, it it does this and I'm going to use the word cinematic, <laughs> which is maybe not the best word to use in Stone. I think it fits this game to... pretty well. Well, it, it does. I mean, certainly it's, it, it seemed to, you know, have that, the flair of that sort of thing. And, and I think, you know, having big orchestral scores kind of obviously sort of sides with what we kind of have come to expect with movies as well. And I think it lends a certain weight to things. Gives it a little bit of gravitas, I think, and a little bit of swirl and swell. And I think when you've got that kind of, um, that kind of score, even a a moment which on its own might not seem massive, if you've got this huge crescendo or like a real build in a score, that can push... Even a kind of a moment in a game that's that's ordinary, it can push it into something which is genuinely thrilling. As you know, action then starts to kick in, yeah. and the, the the two of them sort of mesh together. So yeah, I've I've, I've had moments like that, and often oftentimes oh. even in an ordinary game, when you do go back to those moments, you might be going back purely for the the moment that the uh, the soundtrack ignites. The reason I picked this particular track, um, which is called the Knight's Theme. It has a cello at the beginning, and I really love cellos. I really kind of, ever since um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, very famous cellist called Yo-Yo Ma used to, uh, played on it. And, and and because, I don't know, there's something about the, the very deep, velvety sort of sound to these to these instruments. It's always very, I don't know, it just draws me in. I'm, I'm waffling, so enough of me just listening to the piece <laughs> of music.
All right. Thank you very much for that one. That is The Knight's Theme by Jason Graves from The Order, 1886, with that nice cello in there. That is the sexiest instrument. All right. We have our seventh track today. It's coming from CJ. What else did you bring us? Uh, yeah, again, in, in my quest for new stuff to listen to while writing, I stumbled onto the SQ Chip albums. Uh, there's SQ Chips 1 and 2, More SQ, a Battle SQ, Cafe SQ, and Chill SQ. And they're all chip tune remixes and reversions of classic Square stuff. Um, in this case, the original is from uh, Seken Densetsu, Final Fantasy Gaiden, uh, which apparently became Mystic Quest when released in Europe and is listed as the first of the Mana titles. Um, this track is by Sexy Synthesizer, who apparently, <laughs> Sexy Synthesizer was, was founded in 2006 by Takeshi Nagai. Their sound is characterized by 1980s arcade-style sound effects and familiar electronic sounds with vocoder vocals singing over the top. Uh, simply categorizing the group with terms like chiptune and 8-bit sound are not enough to explain their distinctive rock-punk-based electro groove. Uh, aside from working on their own productions, Sexy Synthesizer collaborates with various hip-hop, R&B and electro artists, as well as producing, track-making and remixing for those artists. Playing live and DJing as well, the group continues to pursue their activities in various fields and genres. Um, in my case, this is included because it's irrational, it's mad, it's ace, it's utterly bonkers, and it makes me want to bounce around the room in a way very few things can, outside perhaps of the musical Xanadu. Uh, anyway, uh, this is Senken Densetsu Final Fantasy Gaiden Final Battle Mana Palace by Sexy Synthesizer. <laughs>
All right. Well, that is it's a very interesting track. If you like the music from from the musical Zanadu, then consider this a hearty uh, recommendation to check out Sexy Synthesizer. I think that's the message that I got from your recommendation there. Oh, it's Zanadu. Part of my heart. I realize <laughs> it is just me in that regard, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, nothing wrong with I, that. I had the biggest crush on um, Olivia Newton-John for in, in the very early 80s for the longest period. Of time. I, I, I take Xanadu as some sort of karmic apology for Greece. <laughs> I mean, in the modern day, it's just like a, a muse comes down from heaven to help an artist set up a roller disco with music by Yellow. <laughs> What's not to love about that? It's got Gene Kelly in it, man. What the hell? Now, I, I do realize that we just said in the modern day and roller disco in the same sentence, and so we might have to make amends for that one. It's, it's making a comeback. <laughs> we will find out, and perhaps if it does, Sexy Synth- Synthesizer will be the soundtrack of choice among those modern day roller discos. Xanadu 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, track uh, track eight for today. This is one of mine. I am bringing you Discovering Banjo Land by Grant Kirkhope. Sorry about that. I'm bringing another Banjo-Kazooie song as, you know, uh, both Darren Gargett and I are massive banjo fans and the music is so inseparable from those games. We've heard these songs in their N64 iterations hundreds and hundreds of times. And, you know, Grant Kirkhope was truly the best at what he did back then at layering all these instruments and all these really weird and uh, fascinating sounds on top of each other and uh, creating these really nice melodies and counter melodies that would, you know, fade in and out of each other as you walked through various places on the map. And so in in Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which was released in 2008 on the Xbox 360 and in 2015 on the Xbox One, um, they decided to create a basically like a big fan service level that was like a museum of past Banjo-Kazooie games, which is uh, uh, incredibly up their own ass. But, you know, there's <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that every once in a while. People love Banjo-Kazooie. And, you know, for, for somebody like me, it, it's nice to see all of these, uh, so much love being shown to these old games in a very transparent and self-serving kind of way. But... You know, it got us some great music. It got us some great visuals. So I am 100% okay with that. Although I know it's entirely manipulative and not okay objectively. But um, yeah, Discovering Banjo Land is uh, one of the background tracks that plays while you're exploring. And it is a fully orchestrated medley of various Banjo-Kazooie songs. I think it's just really fun to be able to hear these songs played with real instruments, uh, really well orchestrated. And uh, sometimes they maintain the flavor of the original song, kind of like the Click Lock Woods theme that plays. And sometimes they uh, kind of change things completely, like the Freeze Easy Peak theme plays in this one and sounds more kind of like a like a roaring Western song. Um, or at least that's the impression that I got from it, rather than uh, you know a cute little Christmas jingle as it was originally. My favorite moment in this is when the those those big powerful organs blast the the first note of the Mad Monster Mansion song, uh, which is a lovely piece in and of itself. I, I kind of wish that the that those organs kicked a little bit harder and really just you know blasted it in a little bit more. It's a little too subtle for my taste, but I I, just, I still think it's a good moment. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot to listen to in here for people who are familiar with the Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie soundtracks. There's some wonderful music back there that has been reorchestrated and reincorporated in some really fun ways in Discovering Banjo Land by Grant Kirkhope for Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts.
Ah, the nostalgia. All right, our final track today is coming from the forum once more from Metal Gear Fanatic, who says, This is one that takes me back to my childhood. I will always remember seeing this for the first time without really understanding the humor behind the Discworld mythos, but it really did amuse me at the time. It's just a perfect encapsulation of the backwards, often downright silly nature of Terry Pratchett's much-beloved universe. It helps affirm what the player is in for in this truly wacky experience. It will always have a place in my heart. This is the track That's Death from Discworld. That's right. This is That's Death, composed by Eric Idle from Discworld 2, Missing Presumed, or Mortality Bites in North America. And this is uh, for the DOS, PC, Saturn, and PlayStation from 1996 and 1997 it was released. And uh, yeah, it's uh, based on the Discworld books by Terry Pratchett. And this is a fun little... uh, It's like a song. It's like a... uh, I guess they're all songs. It's like... It is like a little Broadway-type number. It's a a sung song by this dancing skeleton that kind of taunts you after you die. Which, uh, you know, there are a couple games who who do this kind of thing, and I always have a lot of fun with with it when they make death uh, a a fun, interesting, kind of rewarding experience as well, uh, and kind of have that sly, glib sense of humor about it. And I think this this track really encapsulates that uh, that glibness of the Discworld series in uh, in the death theme. That's death by Eric Idle. But before we do that, as you've heard once again, it's just—it's not just about what we like. So if you venture over to our forum at canerince.com, you can select your favorites, and we will continue to include a selection of those in the playlist for each show. I'd like to thank Jay and CJ. Do you have anything you wanted to, uh, to plug? Uh, well, if anybody uh, hasn't listened to us before, I'm part of a series of podcasts under the banner Twin Humanities. Uh, we do Twin Humanities itself, which covers the Souls games and Bloodborne, uh, Twin Destiny, which covers Destas, uh, and Oh the Humanities, where we waffle on about game stuff in general. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Twin Humanities, or my cage can be rattled at Coffee Jesus. That's coffee, and then J E Z U S. Thank you very much for having me again. It's a genuine pleasure, and uh, I really love these shows. So, ta. Oh, we always enjoy having you on here. Yeah, so anyways, and I also want to give a big thanks to our community contributors today who have given us a selection of really amusing and moving songs as well. So without further ado, That's Death by Eric Idle from Discworld 2. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. There's a place you're always welcome That's as nice as it can be Everyone can get in Cause it's absolutely free That's death No need to take a breath Just lie around all day With not a single bill to pay Hooray, that's death No more sicknesses or flu If you've lived beyond your means you can die beyond them too Boo-hoo Well, the greatest and the finest mm, Have already died Why not simply join them On the other side That's death Say farewell to all your bills Rip up all your wills And pop your final pills Amen that's death It's a tate-a-tate with hate If you're not feeling great Then it's the best way to lose weight Mate Nothing here to hurt you No one's here to nag Come die with me If your life's a drag No more pain.
the millions who've died. 